Okay, so uh, if my calculations are correct, I think we're up to uh, the next parak. It's on page Ayin Aleph. Amuna Hashkechasi is Baruch. So again, we're we're you know Neshama Parnas of Asayno. So uh, what we're learning is you know, the different steps in terms of like really developing a, a Mishkan, you know, a little Mishkan inside a place where the Rebbeinu Shlom is real. So again, the basic format was. As, as, as frequent as possible reminders of very simple, straightforward ideas in a question-and-answer format. That was the basic structure. The first lab was that there is a God. The second step was you are created by that God. You and everything around you is created by that God. Yeah. And now we're to the third stage, which is that God is guiding everything that happens in your life. Hashkacha. Mm-hmm. So let's begin. Hashava Shlishi Shabai Nasagata. So the third, the third uh, level, the third, um, the third uh, step that we're going to be involved with right now is who Hanagasi Yisbarak Shemai is Hashem's providence. Okay, so just general ideas. Mavur B'Svarim It's explained in the Svarim. Shahayu Ke'elo Shashagu. There were those back in ancient times that made the following mistake. The Savru, they thought, Shadchila Kedosh Baruch Hu That Hashem, yes, at some point, created the world. Ulam Lachem Yikain, we're familiar with this idea that then once Hashem created the world, after that, He now leaves the world to be run by a system that just goes on its own. Again, stars and constellations or mathematics, whatever, whatever system you believe in as being self-contained. So that was the idea, it just, it just goes. Ulam Hashem is completely, you know, forsaken, really getting involved in uh, the goings-on of the world. <clears throat> and the Rebbein doesn't have a shaykh, what's going on. God forbid, obviously we don't believe in that. <clears throat> this was an ancient, uh, an ancient apicarsis. <clears throat> the truth is there are even, there are even religions that are, that, are, that are rooted in this. There are religions that are rooted in this. So Christianity, for example, is a, is a religion which is very much rooted with, the, with this, like, poisoned by this philosophy of there being a very big divide between God and this world, a very big divide. So much so that you literally need an intermediary, and that intermediary itself is like, you know, uh, you know, part of the world, not part of the world, very confusing. They, they themselves don't even know what they believe exactly. Somewhere in between, some confusing. Them. But it, it's, 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 uh, th- that's a little bit of how... Okay, the question is how much to go into this, but this idea of there being like God's world and our world, or this, uh, you know, without Amuna, which we're going to talk about, that those two worlds are united and one, then you kind of have to make a choice, even religiously. Are you going to be living in this world and just rely on God's world for help once in a while? Or are you going to completely disregard this world and be completely in that world of God? Because you can't really be both. You have to make a choice. So, I mean, the old, the old, that's one of the fundamental differences between Christianity and Islam. In Christi- they both are coming from this basic assumption, which is there's a there's a mamish, a, di- a dividing line between this world and the world above. Christianity makes a decision, okay, so that means we're going to be in this world, which is disgusting and poisonous and terrible, and we'll rely on uh, someone else from that higher world to save us when we need it. 
Islam makes the opposite choice. Dying al Kiddush Hashem is the ultimate thing. We'll just ignore the mitzvahs of this world culturally. Therefore, they don't. You know, Islam is a culture. Even culturally, forget even the religion of it, but the culture of it is not min hayishuv. It's not min hayishuv. It's yodav kol v'yad kol boy Christianity. The, the Western world, that's Menayisha. They build societies, civilized societies, to an extreme, where it's all completely in this world, and they're just relying on a priest once in a while, I'll do a confession, I'll be able to live, mamish, everything in this world, and I'll, uh, someone will make a shliach to take care of me. In Islam, it, it's, it's almost, this world is mamish batal mavutal, it's completely nothing. That creates the, the chaos and the, you know, that they thrive on. They thrive on that chaos. It's a religious experience to live in chaos by them. Because living in chaos means that this world is mamish nothing and that's where they're whole, that's, and that, that's the world that they live in. That's why when, when, when Christians and when, when West and the East, when, they, when, they, when the Middle East, when they collide, it's, it's, not, it's not a cultural thing. It's, uh, they're coming from much different perspectives. In the West, chaos is what you don't want. But by, by Islam, that's what you do want. Because it's the, the question is, where are you living? But it's all coming from this basic, basic premise, which is, there's a mechitza shel barzel between the world above and the world below. You have to make a choice where you're going to be. That is the definition of this apikarsis. This is just a derivative of old school of Aydizar, right? Old school of Aydizar is, how did the Ramah say it? How did it begin? Because everyone knew there was a God, but the Rabbani Shalom is unknowable, unfathomable, untouchable, so we have to make intermediaries, v'chul v'chul turns into Aydizar. Even now that Christianity and Islam is, is dominant in most of the world, and that has gotten rid of the widespread, actual, old-fashioned, you know, paganistic, uh, Hellenistic Avodah That's true, although you have a lot of Avodah still in the, in the Far East, that's for sure. But, um, but it didn't replace the basic Hashkafa that Avodah was built from. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not curing that ailment. It's replacing it with, with, with a more sophisticated, subtle you know, monkey version of Yiddishkeit, but it's not getting to that core Nakuda. The core Nakuda, which was a divide between down here and above, that it's not able to solve. It doesn't have Yichud. Only Tyra has the nature of Yichud. But that's the, that's, that's the difference. That's why, you know, the Rambam, it's famously at the end of Mishnah Tyra, it was taken up by the census, but now we have it back in, right, where the Rambam says that, that on some level, the Rambam allows, or allows Christianity and Islam to, to exist and to flourish to pave the way for Mashiach. Because if you can imagine, people like, you know, they're running around in uh, loincloths, human sacrifices and all crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden Mashiach's here. Uh, it, 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 it's too jarring, the, the contrast between our philosophy and old-fashioned Avodah Zarah is just too, fat, too vast. So Rabbi makes this idiot of Christianity and Islam to sort of ease, ease our way in. And one of the ways that does that, that happens psychologically, is because the world is, Christianity and Islam is, and especially now, when these, in recent decades, where these two worlds are colliding with each other, and trying to make shalom with each other, but it's just an impossibility. It's the, re, the, the, the root of why they're in contact with each other, even in conflict, is because deeply in the human psyche, there is finally this desire of trying to figure this out. Like, we, we can't live like this anymore, of like, up there, down here, let's, and they can't, they can't. So it's, it's it not only are these religions um, softening the, the, um, the revelation of truth, because it's not, 
like the Rambam says, like the concept of commandments are not alien anymore because of these other religions. But on a much deeper level, these are religions that are, when you take away the craziness of Vadizara, and now you just could isolate like the root issue. And now each religion is sort of taking sides in how to deal with that root issue. And now these religions collide with each other. It, it forces humanity to struggle with this. I mean, that, 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 and that's what you see nowadays, that there's a lot of um, strange like psychological woman in the world because of this like uneasiness and this tension of like we, we, do we exist, do we not exist? Are we supposed to be proud of ourselves as people, not proud of ourselves as people? And it becomes politicized, but it's coming from a very deep place. Like, you know, when we look in the mirror, should, in, the, in the world that we see, like is that a place that we're supposed to be proud of? Are we supposed to be happy with the fact that we're, that uh, the Western world has, has, you know, has re, re has, has, has uh, you know, changed the surface of the planet to make it more hospitable for human beings? Is that a good thing? Or is that inherently a bad thing? Like, is the ideal for us to sort of um, go unnoticed? Right? Or is it, no, are we supposed to make our imprint in the world? Do we exist? Do we not exist? It's a, it's a very, very deep opinion, you know? It's a, it's a very deep opinion. And you see, it's interesting that it, the Davka, when, when the Western world made its way to the New World, to uh, North America and South America, that's when this Indian became very apparent because, like, you know, that's one of the basic differences between Western, Western society and, uh, and the Native Americans that were living here. Like, Native Americans, they, there was, like, a little bit of an old school of a bizarre in that way of, like, you're not supposed to make yourself known here. You don't exist. You're buttle. You're buttle. It's, it's more... Islam dick, which is like nomadic, don't make an imprint. That's this that's disrupting the purity of of nature. And Western society is like, what do you mean? Of course we exist. This is our world. You rely on some world above to save you and to be or Vinus if you need it. But you of course you exist. That's a that's a big clash. But ultimately that's a deep philosophical question that can only be answered with, with Yiddishkeit. It can only be answered with Yiddishkeit. Only Yiddishkeit can make shalom between these two worlds. But that's, that's what it means, to believe in divine providence is not just a, a not just something that we believe in. That is, the, that, is the, that is what makes Yiddishkeit unique. So what makes Yiddishkeit unique is that, that there is no divide between the higher world and the lower world. <clears throat> you absolutely exist on all levels. On all levels. And, you know, on the one hand, yeah, that's what we have. You know, if you want to uh, find Marmokimus to support like a Native American type of culture, a nomadic type of culture, you can find them. If you want to find Marmokimus about, no, build skyscrapers and destroy the ozone layer because God's in charge of that anyway, you can find Marmokimus for that too. On some level, they're both right. It's just a matter of, you know, it's like there's a story in Sefer Yeshua and it goes on. When you read it, it's like, okay, but if you think about it, because the, the, when Kali Yisrael came to Eretz Yisrael, that was the first time where really we had to face these questions. Because in the Midbar, like, first of all, everything's taken care of for us anyway. We're nomadic. There's, not a, there's, no, there's no option of building cities, you know what I'm saying? But when we got to Eretz Yisrael, so the Pasuk says, I think with Shev and Aftali, they come to Yeshua Benun and say that their land is not large enough to support you know, their population. They have too much woods. The, the woodlands of their you know, uh, portion is too much. 
So Yeshuvan says, so cut down the forest. Cut down the forest, make room for cities. Well, they couldn't think of that. They couldn't think of that. It's a, that's, not a, that's not a small thing. Yeah, Eretz Yisrael. It's a, the way Yerusha made it, it's pure, it's holy, it's pristine, you know. Cut down forests to make room for cities? Yeah, cut down forests. Why? You know what a Jewish city is? You know, It's also divine. It's not making a choice of human versus divine. That's divine. But that's a, that's a, that's a Torah concept. That's a Harsinai experience where the world above makes contact with the world below. That's a Harsinai Giloy. That's not something that ever happened before Harsinai. That's the Chiddush of Harsinai. The Rav Hashem could have, could have uh, you know, if Hashem wanted to just give us mitzvahs, He could have just given us mitzvahs. He didn't, the whole Maimit Harsinai. The Maimit Harsinai was for this purpose of, 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 of answering this question, that there is no, there is, you live on both levels. This chair exists on all levels. On all levels. And the higher you go up, the more the chair is real. Not less. That's the difference. That's why ultimately, see, this is the thing, ultimately, even this divide, Christianity, Islam, these two worlds, it's still thinking human. It's still thinking human. When you're thinking just as a human being, then when you imagine a higher world, you cannot fathom a chair being there. But, but that's all because these religions are man-made. But when, you're, when, when, when Yiddishkeit's coming from God's perspective, no, no, this chair is absolutely real. It's more real up there than it is down here. Because everything, everything, is, everything is created by God, which means it's absolutely real. And the higher up you go, the more real it is. It doesn't take away from its mitzvahs, it deepens its mitzvahs. Yaakov, you know, goes back for Pach and Ketana, right? Pach and Ketana, we're thinking, if you're a Yaakov, when we imagine a Yaakov, you know, the farthest thing of Yaakov's mind are Pach and Ketana. But no. Evidently, in Yaakov, in his mind, he's thinking about Pachim Ketanim, right? So we're thinking, what does that mean? So he's not thinking about trinkets. It's not trinkets by Yaakov, you know. Every, it, it, the higher up you go, the more real something is. So there's no... That's what Hashkacha Pratis means. Again, this is all... I guess, whatever, I guess it's Achana for, for the thing. But, but uh, Hashkacha Pratis means that everything has deep significance. Everything... It's not just Hashem is watching us. That's Vaiter. It's a Christian. This is Vaiter. It's, it's, that's too human. Everything is, is, everything is real. Everything is real. Every prat in life is real. Not just that it carries weight and significance. Appreciate the chiddush of that, that everything is real. That's a huge chiddush. Because when I say real, it means that you don't have to then make a choice of like, okay, am I going to be in that place of, of godliness or am I going to be as a human being? Everything is real. Which means that what you're doing as a human being is divine, is, 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 is religiously significant. That's a very, very profound Indian, and that's something that, 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 that the world can, if it's not, you cannot be mechadish that on your own. You, you can't be mechadish that on your own. You have to, that has to be revealed to you from above. It has to come from a religion which is itself a gilui from above, not man-made. When it's man-made, then you're not going to be able to come up with something. You, you can't, then that's not fathomable to say that this chair is real on every level. You have to, it has to be revealed to you from on high. And that's, what's, um, that's what's unique to Ashkach HaPratis. It's a very, very important point. It's a very important point. Ashkach HaPratis is a linchpin that it, it, it makes Yiddishkeit unique. That, that's really what it is. And it's not, um, and it's not simply that Hashem is watching and taking, taking counting. That's not what it is. It's much more than that. It's that everything is real. 
Everything is real. That's Hashgacha Pratis. So, yeah. That's part of it because because it's it's if a person is where they are, but they're thinking they're there as a coincidence, as a result of something in the past, that means it's not real. Real MS means it has to be. It has to be. If you're here because well, you because you came here ten minutes ago and you just didn't leave. Then that's not that's not that, then then the reality of you being here is not real. It's b'mikra. It's a coincidence. That's amalek, right? Amalek is it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence. Coincidence means that that to believe that you're here because you came ten minutes ago and you just didn't leave. That's called being here coincidentally. That's not emes. That's not the truth. That's not Yaakov Avinu. That's not Maishar Avinu. Emes means that you're here right now because you're here right now. And if you weren't supposed to be here right now, you wouldn't be here right now. I, how does that work? If I came here and I didn't leave, Kasha, you wouldn't be here right now. If you're here right now, it's because you're supposed to be. That's Hashgah HaPratis. So it's, it's, it, and, and, it, and it deepens the experience of the moment. It's about, it's about being present. That's what Hashgah HaPratis is going to be rooted on. Again, this is just the beginning. You know, It's uh, opening up this idea. But that's what Hashgah HaPratis means. It's that wherever, whatever you're experiencing is absolutely real, and it's chashev. It's chashev. It's not just stama, a mikra ba'alma. When we think of mikra, it's like, okay, it's a coincidence, it means that like, God's not in charge. No, it's much deeper than that. You could believe that there's a God in charge, but what you're experiencing is insignificant. Hashkacha brothers means that there is nothing that's insignificant. Nothing that's insignificant. Everything is an Indian. Everything, therefore, has its own avayda. But there's no, there's no mikra. There's no mikra, there's no coincidence, there's no, there's no reality that just, it is, and, and if you're in a higher level, this doesn't exist. No, everything exists. It's a very, very important point. And again, like I said, with Christianity and Islam, it's a struggle. They have it, they cannot be typhus. And the more we get closer to the revelation of Yichad Hashem, the more the world is going to be bothered by their inability to make shalom between these two realities. And you see this, you see this. The world hates itself right now. Western society hates itself. Why? They never hated themselves so much. Because it's dawning upon them that, they, that, they, that, 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 that it's not satisfying to say that we just live here. We want to live above. But, but, but they, we can't. So they, have, they hold on to Islam to try to give them a, a, you know, some unique to, to not being here. But, there's a, but Asaph wants to be here. You know? Okay. So you man, so, that, it's, so the world gets depressed. Ashkakar Pratis is the answer. Everything is real.